podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs Welcome, welcome to that non-boxed intro from uh, New Spurs Order, a.k.a. Touchline Hotspur. Back again with uh, some happier times. Yao, firstly, how are you doing from uh, from HQ? Yeah, obviously... HQ's got a different background today, so <laughs> <laughs> you know what time it is. Uh, now I'm good, I'm blessed. Uh, good start to the season, but we will get into um, the breakdown and all of that stuff. But so far, so good. So uh, try not to be harsh today. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, okay, we'll see how that goes. Tops, how you doing, brother? Yeah, good, bro. Um, mixed feelings about the transfer window, but. Good-ish start to the season, so yeah, just happy, man. Just here, bro. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm definitely getting into it. And lastly, Era, how we doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, you D-ragged know. I'm good. D-ragged up. You know, we're in that position right now where, like, um, we ain't got a lot of expectations on us, man. So, without the weight of expectations right now, I'm feeling nice. Let me not lie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. We can't get too gas because whenever, whenever we do, it ends up going tits. Last season, for example, and uh, yeah, we've got um, we've got Tobes joining us slightly later on in the stream. I think he's heading home from the gym, uh, being topless and stuff. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> As of today, we've um, we've just come out the transfer window, and yeah, man, we've been busy. We've had a new sporting director in uh, Paratigi. Apparently, that's um, I think that's the right way to say it now, and. Um, yeah, everyone's been making noise about how much he's on his phone. No, because I keep on getting rinsed for how I pronounce English names. If I get <laughs> rinsed for how I pronounce foreign names, then they're gonna run me out of um, run me out of the group and cancel me. Bro, I and don't I want to. <laughs> Paratigi, I said. I used to say Paratici. I Everyone was convinced. Paratici. Paratici. Or Everyone used to say Paratici, so you could be safe with that. But I'm hearing uh, Ali Gold. I'm going to throw him under the bus a bit because I'm hearing Ali Gold say Paratici now as well. So, yeah, uh, I'm kind of rocking with that while trying to be the, the Paul Heyman of the New Spurs order, even though he was never in the original NWO. <laughs> I'm going to try and force it. Um, 
But yeah, man, he's been busy with his charging bars. I think no, someone needs to get him like a Tottenham logo or the man bag and just have all these power bars in there. And that, that actually looked pretty drippy. Um, but yeah, firstly, I'll come to you, Yao. Um, I guess, well, firstly, I think you'll be um, well equipped to speak about this. I want to cover the outgoings more. I feel like uh, the first priority of the new Spurs order was originally to get rid of the dead words, get rid of players who you didn't necessarily want to see here. Were you pleased with outgoings? And after what would you say we did or how we did in that area out of 10? Um, to be honest with you, I think what a couple pods back we were we all had a list of like players we wanted to leave. I think the number racked up to a maximum of like nearly 10 players. Um, and coming off a year of like it's 10 goals, players minimum, yeah, 10 yeah, for yeah, everyone, yeah. even the yeah. apologists <laughs> like myself. So, um, but coming off if we're being realistic, coming off the, the year of like COVID that we just had, that was very unrealistic regardless of how angry everyone was with particular mm. players judging on the outgoings we got rid of Sissoko Danny Rose I mean Danny Rose contract was at an end anyway Serge Aurea due to um, uh, mutual termination which um, I'll come back to mm. that um, <laughs> the, the guy with no CV has been sent to Celtic on loan <laughs> should have been a full time deal but it's fine we live with it um, Joe Hart is off the books. Who else went? I can't think of anyone else. else that went. Well, Alderweireld. Oh um, yeah, Alderweireld and Lamella. Azaniga. Azaniga, yeah. So, so if if I'm if I'm rating it out of ten, considering the fact that you know, um, it's coming off the back end of you know COVID and all of that stuff, I'd say it's, poss- it's possibly between a seven and an eight out of ten. To be honest with you, with the outgoings. Mm. because I didn't think and knowing Spurs in the past I didn't think we would even be able to get rid of that many deadwood players or players that are not necessarily even knocking on the fringe no more they're either in decline or they're just not good enough uh, to take us forward so um, taking Sissoko off the books he was on 95k a week to do what? (laughs) What, what, what if, If you're wasting money like that you should have spent it on me at least I would have invested <laughs> in cryptocurrency or something. Yeah, <laughs> nonsense. So no, um, the so-called going was was key because um, I didn't want to see him. Um, somebody like Lamella, as much as I got like stocks in Lamella, he 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 just was cooked over here. It wasn't going to work for him no more in this mm-hmm. in this country in this league. So um, I'm happy that he's you know settled back in Spain and um, he's doing his thing um, for Seville. That's fine. That's worked out with Aurea. The fact that we were like, you know what, boom, we couldn't get rid of you during the window. We're just going to terminate your contract. I can't name the last time Spurs ever did that. I can't. Do you know what? Yeah, you have to give a big thing. You have to give some credit to Aurier, though, bro. You have to, man, because I feel like if we would get rid of a lot of these men, if we could, but some of them don't even want to leave. That's why it's a non-starter. Like you can't even have a conversation. I mean, Agreed. Lamella is never agreeing to a mutual termination. I don't yeah. think Sissoko no, does I, either. There is, there is a part where I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. It's, it's definitely probably 60, 40, 50, 50, or whatever you mm. want to break it down. My only issue with the whole Aurea thing is he's been wanting to leave for like maybe three seasons. Mm. And mm. I can't 
nobody can tell me that in three years his agent couldn't find him a move somewhere. Like, if if your if your whole ethos is you want to leave Spurs, then where your next move is, no offense, shouldn't really be that big of a deal. If you really are done, done. Like we yeah, we had it with we had it with Ericsson, yeah. And Ericsson was like, all right, fine, I'm not going to get my preferred move, yeah. Um, Inter came in, he made it happen, and he went in January. Like it, there wasn't no like, oh, you know what, it's Inter, I don't want to go to Italy. Like he may have not even wanted to go to Italy, but he understood that, yeah. At least I get to go to new pastures and at least try there. I couldn't tell you what teams were involved with Aurea because um, I saw the post where he was saying, you know, he's whatever colours he is um, for life because he didn't want to go to a particular team in France. And then I'm hearing mm. rumours that he may go to Arsenal. That's the kind of stupidness that, <laughs> you know, we, we, we just hey. can't allow to slide. So with Aurea, I'm happy that the club were like, you know what, we couldn't get rid of you during the... Um, transfer window we're just gonna um, terminate your contract and pay that off and, and get that out of the way um i'm extremely disappointed and i'll i'll say that one more time i'm extremely disappointed that winks was not sold um in this window uh and i i hope he goes in jeffrey like i don't want to see him again <laughs> <laughs> Please just don't compare him to Bonnie and his uh, his sibling in the fallopian tube again. I can't take it. <laughs> it hurts my soul too much. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, but 8 out of 10 for me. Um, the club surprised me with the amount of um, players they got rid of. Yeah, they didn't get rid of Dyer. Dyer's another one who, if, honestly, uh, I wish he'd gone. But... I think coming off COVID, a lot of people, if, if we got rid of 10 players, that would have been incredible. And I can't name another club across... I think we even did, you know? Yeah, I, I can't name another club across the whole of Europe that got rid as ma- of as many players as we did. So, I think people need to take that into consideration. That's true. I think you can only really say Inter that they, they're, they're essentially forced to due to financial reasons. But yeah, mad. Um, when you play it like that, then yeah, it's definitely a good perspective. Uh, Ash came in with, uh, did I hear you say, 7 out of 10. We were just talking about the outgoings. Like generally, um, 5 out of 10 is closer to what the general window would uh, be scored. But you know, we'll get into how uh, we'd score it in um, just a sec. Um Really, very eloquently put by yourself, Yel. Uh, Tops, just going to you, did you see um, Paratici's interview that Soft here um, just put in? Did you appreciate it? And, you know, did you agree with what his plan was essentially in the video? Yeah, like, um, <clears throat> I, I mentioned something in the group uh, earlier on uh, this week, I think, that it looks like the kind of profile player that we're getting does seem to be kind of young um, players with high amount of potential. Um, I, I, I I have said that I think I look at a lot of the signings that we bought, even though they're young, none of them are actually polished. They all look very kind of raw, which is kind of good because it means that they can obviously be coached and improved. Um, but there's enough in them to kind of uh, give us the feeling that there'll be some potential in the future. I mean, lots of Spurs fans will probably look at it as being not good enough because they want 
you know, ready-made players, like as I do. Um, we we, we want to be winning. But in the scheme of things, um, this is the rebuild that was predicted, um, along with a lot of players who have been shifted. Um, lots of good young talents been bought. So I can't really... I can't fault it. Um, I like Barry T. I like how, how he comes across. I also like how involved he is with, with the players, the setup. Um, he clearly is a football man, which is, you know, what we've been screaming out for. Um, and obviously, like, you know, he's been in the job a couple months now, but he's really been put to work. And uh, one of the things we've been screaming is for the outs. So, you know, as we mm. said, we can't, we can't get eight or nine outs in one sort of sitting. But I imagine slowly over the over the next um, couple windows, we will slowly try to work all that out and then bring in obviously more obviously more quality but more proven potential. And one thing I quite liked about what he said was that although you know us as fans and commentators and pundits can look at the club and look at the team and say they need this, they need that, I did like the fact that he mentioned that the club is trying to move in a calm and composed manner when it comes to these things. Things might come across their table. Players might be offered to them, but there's no rush. There's no because for so long I feel like we've just had no forward planning, um, and it doesn't seem as if we're making any rash decisions. So at this point, I mean, I can't complain. Um, I'm happy with a lot of the outs, even though I want more. I'm mm. happy with the young ins, although I still feel that we did need two at least two first-team players to improve the first 11. 100%. At centre-back or central midfield, attacking midfield, however you look at it. But for now, um, Nuno seems to be getting the job done. Um, he is what he is at the moment, so can't fault him. Three games, um, three wins, no goals conceded. But I know how this I know how this goes, so I'm not, uh, I'm not jumping to any conclusions just yet. Can can I can I just chip in because I saw Ashley's comments. Um, I think a lot of fans need to take into consideration because you know fans are saying, "Oh, we didn't get a creative midfielder. Uh, we're one injury away from a crisis." I mean, then if that's the case, everyone's one injury away from a crisis. Kane hasn't even scored um, in the season so far. Like, so you just have to like. I know people are going to be like, oh, King, King always bags, he always bags, and Son always bags, and all right, yeah, cool, but that's not how football works. You know, it's, it's always going to come down to how the team deals with situations posed upon them by their opponents um, across the season. So we've had three games, we've scored three different types of goals, um, we've won in three different types of manners. Son's got two out of the three goals. Um, and he's his third goal, the, the second goal, in fact, that um, he scored against Watford, for me, I like those kind of goals. That's where free kicks should be put from that area. They should be put in the danger area and make everybody panic. Yeah, so I'm happy that, you know, we've won our three games. I think people should relax on the whole, well, one injury away, because the truth of the matter is, when have we ever not been one injury away from an apparent crisis? So... I don't think it's a crisis situation right now. It's more, uh, let's see how certain players who have been given a second chance, even though they don't deserve it, Bamademi, Ellie, uh, <laughs> um, let's see how they cope. 
this season. I thought you um, said bummed Ali Ali then, but no, yeah, no, no, that's, no, that's exactly what I said. Bummed Ali Ali, man. Yeah, that's, that's what but, I said. Um, let me let me jump in. Let me jump in as well, man. I want to give a little bit of perspective about because I, I see people saying this window's kind of like five out of ten, and I slightly agree with it. But um, what was the year that we bought in Sun? Was that um fifteen, sixteen, or fourteen, fifteen? I, mean, I can't remember which one it was. I, but I feel like going into fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, it was a season of the posh sign. Yeah, yeah. So that year, that's probably the best year for outgoings that we've had. Yeah, in the past ten years, when we got rid of like Soldado, Capoue, Paulinho, Stambouli. Like in terms of getting rid of dead weight, that's been the best one. Since then, we've struggled to get rid of dead weight. Yeah. So you could say yeah. this has been the best year in about seven years in terms of getting rid of dead weight. Yeah, easily. True. There's no argument. There's no debate about it. It's easily the best year. So in terms of that, yeah, I'm happy that it seems like we're changing direction at least and we're getting rid of dead weight at a time when it matters. There's been years in the past, like, the year when we got rid of Dembele, I think we, well, we got rid of, like, one player, bro. I think it was just him and, and Onoma. That was it. Like, there's been some ridiculous years. We, we've already bought in one player, things like that. So we have to, we have to, I think, yeah, we have to call a spade a spade, innit? This year hasn't been terrible. Where it has been terrible, though, in my personal opinion, is um, in terms of covering players. Like, I know, like y'all said, it's not necessarily a crisis. I wouldn't say it's a crisis, but I think um, you've got, like, this situation with Skip, where Skip is, like, the natural fit in midfield for a particular role. Obviously, it's not a single pivot. The, the style of the team doesn't play like that. But it kind of develops into that in the middle of a game sometimes where he's playing that kind of role. And the problem, in my opinion, is that Skip probably he shouldn't be starting 38 games a season. Um, it's not his issue at all. But when he's going to need a rest, what my issue is, is that we're going to revert. We're going to go back to what we were doing last season. Put Hoybier about a bit further back into that kind of role. And then... Well, unless Ndombele comes in, we're going to start looking like that team that really needs that creative midfielder again. And that's where I'm struggling to see like where we've made progress. But again, it's early days and I've never seen Spurs go the first three games without conceding, let alone winning all three. So credit where it's due. But again, we need to see like where that pathway leads to, I think. Um, and the only other thing I would say is I don't know, man. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but how do you feel about buying players and then loaning them back out? Especially in positions where we need it them. It depends. It mm. does depend. Because when we're buying kind of young players, like I, 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 I'm, I tend to be a bit more selfish, even though, um, you know, most of the time it probably is the right thing for the player's development to loan them back out. Mm. But when we're buying a player who's going to be playing in essentially what is a primary position we need to cover so obviously Papa Matasa the prime example of that we desperately need maybe some more cover in centre midfield mm. he's an improvement I think on Sissoko departing so him taking that place in the squad and he would have got minutes and I think it would have been productive and again, like I say, an improvement on the squad. So personally, I would have probably kept him for the season and I feel a certain way about it. But again, at the same time, like low-key, I know it's going to be better for the players' development. So yeah, like I I you know, I, I appreciated Paratici's uh, or Paratici's interview. Um just like essentially just the principle of him 
Ooh, kind of having that clarity to come out with the plan. But I disagreed with it to a point because, you know, we need to sign maybe one or two players for the first team now, like Top said earlier. So, yeah, um, for me, I think we could have leaned a bit further on the whole kind of signing a first team, uh, signing for the first team. But I think, I think, and I can't me. believe I'm going to do this because, you know, somebody in the comments is going to be like, he always does this. Uh, but I disagree. <laughs> uh, and I, I disagree on, on the loaning the players out and being, I understand what, what you're saying, Owen. And in some regards, um, you're right. But the reason why I disagree on bringing Saar in for this season is um, going from France to England is a massive culture shock for anyone. Um, mm. And he's 18 years of age. So this is meant to be one of the top young talents, as um, Paratici mentioned. And a lot of people have actually mentioned that a lot of the talent that we bought are like young but top talent in their own right. And that's fine. You know, Romero being uh, voted best centre-back last season in Serie A. Gil apparently is one of the best young up-and-coming Spanish players. So mm. with Saar, um, you see, the difference with Gil and Saar is Hill was already playing first-team football at a club that, and I mean this in the nicest way, two Mets, uh, but Hill was playing at a club that you could say, all right, you know, they've, they've, they've got a bit more pedigree to them than Mets. Saw 18 years of age, didn't even go to the Olympics, Hill did. Um, so there, there's a little bit more maturity in Brian's uh, case than there is in Saw. I'm not saying that he's immature, I'm saying that sending him back on load to somewhere where he's still familiar, he already knows the setup. We can already take that year to develop him and prepare him for the move here so that when he does eventually arrive, it's not so much a culture shock. He's slightly in a better place. And that will take a lot off his mind before he steps onto the pitch and hopefully gets mm -hmm. minutes for us. Um, and that's where I stand with like loaning players out. Um, because we've got many in the past where it's not worked out. And, you know, Clark that, is one of them. Clark is problem. an absolute yeah. stinker, bro. That, that, yeah. that one stunk up the whole joint. Dust you know, there's absolute... a lot of them. There's a lot of them, man. So so I'm I'm pretty happy with Saw um, going back out on loan. Um, and I do get what Errol was saying about Hoybier dropping. And I think one of my biggest fears is my, my biggest problem with Spurs in general is the mentality of players. And oh, yeah. and, and this is the thing that, that annoys me across because a lot of people don't really take that into consideration. And I know people said, Oh, we want first teamers and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm one of them as well. I want first teamers, but I have to also be realistic in the sense that we're no longer in the Champions League, we're in the Conference League. Um, we got given a a safe draw. I mean, we could have been travelling to Uzbekistan for all we knew, but like we were, we were saved in the draw. Um, we're not in the Champions League. We're in the Conference League, and a lot of young players now, or young talented players, or potential first teamers, are stubborn now. They won't mm. even consider Europa League. They might maybe moving forward because Europa League has now changed the format and it's like a tougher competition. But they they literally are saying to clubs like Spurs, Chelsea. Not that team that's bottom of the league, United, Liverpool, <laughs> City. They're saying to these teams, look, 
I don't mind you looking at me because you've got history, you've got pedigree, but I want Champions League football. So I'm a holdout for a team that essentially, you know, has Champions League football. And that's why we couldn't get, you know, Jules, I, I don't know what was going on with my haircut, Kunde over the line because, you know, that's essentially <laughs> what these players want. So that's where, that's where I feel like, I think this is going to be the most of all the seasons that we've probably been Spurs fans. This will be the season in which you, you can really sift out the fans that watch football, know football, understand football from the fans that are just playing FIFA every single week. This this is the season. We've got a new stadium. There's money. There's definitely money in the club. You can't tell me that because we we sent Lamella to Seville with 25 million. When, when have we ever done that? When, when, mm. when have Spurs ever sent, sent a player giving cash to get a youngster? This it. is the thing as well. To summarise um, our outgoings, we, um, we made... Well, we got rid of forty million pound uh, annually in wages. Mm. That's not including mm. the wages of the players that we've brought in, but total players. Let's see, someone Very like Bale, one. Bale, Toby, Sissoko taking up a big chunk of that. Forty million is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. To right. to not be spending on the first team as much as we did, but yeah, essentially that forty million paid for um, Amazon. Effectively. I mean, it's business, you know, that's how we got to look at it. Like, I can't sit here and be upset, yeah, that we've got how many right backs? Three? Three right backs now? Because Ori is gone. I can't sit here and be upset because one of the right backs is is a variant. He's not a real person. So, (laughs) so, 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 effectively, we've only got two two right backs. Oh, oh, man, that's uh, the that's yeah, yeah. right back. But sorry, I've, I've got a question here yeah, on mentality. Like, you brought up mentality. Do you think, yeah, like, because I guess, all right, let me let me set the stage, let me set the um, stage for this year. I think that cool, Aurier leaving it shows a kind of mentality that's not really in our squad a lot. I think Kane tried to show it a bit this season, yeah, but it's that ruthlessness, it's that you know what, bro, I'm backing myself. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit on the bench for a year. I'm backing myself, bro. Like, I'm done. Let's go. I'm gonna show my talent somewhere else. I don't think there are many people on the Spurs roster at the moment that are doing that. Like, I think we brought in players that are doing that. I don't think you leave Barcelona unless you back yourself. You know what I mean? I don't think you have um, a, a standout season in Syria, best defender, and then leave unless you back yourself. I think. You know what I mean? I think we we bought players who are backing themselves. But what I was gonna say is, do you think here there is um like an, an effort to be changing that attitude in the squad at the moment, or do you think it's just a coincidence? That, no, no, no. You know I, think, I, mean? I think there is. I think there is an actual effort, uh, and I will give that to the club. I think there is an effort because you have to look at the the accolades that have been attached to the players that we've bought. You know, in the past mm. we will buy a player, he might be. In the case of Soldado, for argument's sake, yeah. Soldado came off a decent season, um, was considered to be not one of the premier shooters in La Liga, but was one of the shooters in La Liga. And we bought him and thought, all right, cool, he's going to turn it over. But when we were first coming up in the mid-2000s, we would get players like Robbie Keane. And people mm-hmm. knew what Robbie Keane was about. We would get Berbatov and we knew Berbatov was, was a real shooter at Leverkusen. Like, we would get players... And you're like, I, I get where, where you're going with this. And then somewhere around, I don't know where we fell off, but somewhere around 2011 to about 2015, it crashed. 
yeah, and we started to get the the, the second, third and option and the yeah. third Gali, Timu Tiani. Yeah, we yeah, started yeah. to get players like like Chadley, and I, this is not I'm not insulting Chadley, yeah, but Chadley's not an option for for say a big club. Like he really isn't an option, even if he was young. Mm. Like what what do you what are you really getting from him? So you flip it to now 2021, Brian Hill. And th- this is the key factor of what they've been saying. Brian Hill was one of was scouted to be one of the top talents coming out of Spain. One of the top. So mm. it wasn't like, oh, he's a potential top talent. They mentioned him as one of the. So he's in that bracket. That's one. You got Romero, who got given the best centre back accolade in Serie A last season. That's two. Then you got. Pape Sar, who's considered to be one of the best up-and-coming DMs in his position for his age group. That's free. And you start to think to yourself, all right, maybe they are changing, you know, the way they're thinking and how they're approaching stuff. Aurea may have said, you know what, I don't want to be here no more. I back myself. But one of the key things that I thought was interesting about the mentality of Spurs and hopefully where we're going in the future is they're like, boom, <laughs> you might want Kane? Cool. This is how much it is. They, they didn't even bop like Mince their words about it. Like, you go do all your other transfers, yeah, but don't come to back to us with, like, all of this um, small, small negotiation. It's peace or be quiet. Mm. And that was yeah, it. For real. And yeah. I rated that because back in the mm. day, like, how many times have we sat there as Spurs fans and been like, oh, all this transfer that they're doing is, is really Kane's money? Yeah, or, yeah. Or it's Bale's money or it's Modric's money. Like, we've been here before. So, to, to come to deadline day and know, like, yo, Kane ain't going nowhere, bruv. Son ain't going nowhere, bruv. And Dombele ain't going... Like, we, we started off that transfer deadline day knowing that Ndombele ain't going nowhere. I was dead sure this guy's gone. No. Bro, same here. No, I always said it was more realistic for Ndombele to go than Kane. No, no, but the, the reason why I was saying I was dead sure he was gone is because this is Spurs I'm talking about. Like, how many times have we caved in to the, the demands of the, the say, top-tier players? We've caved in in me- many seasons. Go check mm. the history. We've caved in. We caved in on the final day, sent Berbatov to Man United and freaking got... um what, what was, What's that youth's name from Fraser Campbell? That guy's dead! <laughs> He's dry, bro. We got, we got 30 million from Fraser coming Campbell. From. What, like what 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 talent pool did Fraser Campbell come out of? What where? He's not even in the talent pool of freaking Tottenham Leisure Centre. What what talent pool did he come from? Guys, dry. Northern ball. Guys, dry. So I'm. I think the mentality is changing. The the thing that I will say in terms of the mentality, I think that's more down to having a footballing director in the mold of Paratici. He seems to mm. be a guy, and like it's taken me a while. I thought I've done my research on him. I'm like, all right, cool. They speak about him highly. But he seems to be a guy that he doesn't just go for. Like, there's reasoning behind who he goes for. Like, there's a lot of reasoning behind who he goes. Even Adama. I don't want Adama. Yeah, but he may have been like, you know what? Adama will come in. He'll create havoc. That might be good for the team. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that when you're a club that you're thinking, all right, this is a potential blah, 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 blah. What I do mind is if Adama is your main target. That's nonsense to me. Yeah, that's 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 where that's where you piss me right off. When Adama, yeah. who we know hasn't even broken 10 assists in his entire career for a season, yeah, is your main target, that's when I'm pissed off. But I know he wasn't our main target. He was just an option. And I can mm. leave that. 
I think the main change as well that Paratigi's brought in is just making sure that players don't feel comfortable because he's around. And um, there's obviously we signed players who are... You're not even comfortable signed. when it ends. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm around. I'm around. I'm around. <laughs> I do my job. I do my <laughs> job. You do yours. You get me? Do you do your job? Simple. Lovely quote from a pro spitter and a pro bowler, apparently. He was sick. Like, don't get twisted. T was sick. Yeah. <laughs> he was cold. Uh, to Tobes as well, who's joining us. Um, we're just Sam talking about the change in player mentality recently and uh, how it could affect it. Essentially, just getting players to be hungry and not comfortable. Um, if you would like to chime in on that, would you agree that that's the shift mentality now, or do you want to see more? I think um, I think it is the mentality. When you look at players like Indom, who can't even get a sniff right now, um, mm-hmm. and Nuno is playing players who are willing to put in the, the hard yards and work, even if we as fans look at it, objectively and say like this play is not really contributing much etc etc Nuno is not having any of that if you work for him you're gonna get you're gonna get given your opportunity if you ain't gonna work for him if you ain't gonna show that fight and desire he's not gonna pick you he ain't gonna pick you um mm. and as I said in, in Dom is a is a perfect example of that as well so it's good it's good um I feel like I feel like it's the kick up the backside that our our squads needed but we, we we know the squad like they're capable of of looking the part for maybe two <laughs> two three matches. What we need to see is whether this this hunger stands the test of time. Let's see where we're at in three weeks time, in, in four weeks time when we play Chelsea, Arsenal. Let's see where we're at in Christmas. Let's see where we're at in in uh, in February because it's one thing to do it now and and have that hunger and um, readiness to go at the start of the season. But can you? Keep that drive for the for, for the entirety of the season. Players like Sissoko last year, he he packed it in from like January. He packed it in, <laughs> and he weren't the only one as well. So we just got a let's for me as I said, let's just see how it how it how it develops. But um, I'm liking what I'm seeing right now. For sure, yeah. for sure. And to summarize, um, sorry, Tops. I, I can actually support him on that. Like, I just feel like. This is something that we've seen though with the, with this with this bunch of players, and I know it's, there's a lot of new players now. And in the past, you know, we don't really like talking about this mentality, but it's just because everything is very fresh. I feel like we just need to see a lot of things happen. We need to see what they're like under adversity. We need to see them concede goals, go behind in games, you know, be up against it before we can kind of say okay. But, but up to this point, yeah, absolutely. Um, like we know what's in our bullshit DNA, so it's just about waiting to see if, it, if it's gonna if it's gonna rear its ugly head, or if we're gonna be or if, or if we're if we're gonna be rid of it. To be honest with you, man. Like, yeah, it'll be interesting. And um, I was just wanting to summarize the window because uh, obviously I want to get all of your scores out of ten, and you know how you would score it out of ten because that's uh, that's a different argument as well. To again to summarize, Brian Hill signed him twenty years old. Emerson Morale, uh, Royale, sorry, right back. We get on to him. Uh, Papa Sar gone out on loan. Golini, Romero, Golini being the oldest of the lot at twenty six. Romero twenty three. 
Syria Defender of the Year. We've got Sessin Yong and Skip back on loan and Human Son renewing a contract. Um, I'll go around the cast and uh, see how you'd score the window based on that. And if you know, if you even count returning loanies and contract renewals as uh, as a plus score, uh, Topes. Let's see, how would you do it out of 10? I feel like you're more uh, critical of the, of the bunch. I think I was being... I don't know if I'm being harsh. I, I, I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. I'm willing to go to a 5 out of 10. I can acknowledge the good things that Spurs have done this window. I watched like the first minute of the Paratici um, interview um, and he said, he said that the objective was to sort of renew the squad and... Uh, and bring in some some young some young talent into the team, and I think they've done that. I think Brian Hill he looks a really good player. Um, uh, Pepe Sar or Pepe Sar, sorry, um, I don't know much of him, but from what I saw in those comps, he looks like he's someone who's got a, who's got a bit of everything. And let's see how he develops. Um, and then I think reintegrating Skip into the into the starting eleven as well. I'm trying to remember who else we signed. Um, uh, Emerson Royal as well. Um, I think it's clear to see what the club were trying to do. Like I don't. I think none of our players that we signed are older than what, like 24, 25 years old. I think Galini's the oldest player we yeah. signed this window. And then on the other side, we've got rid of thirty-two-year-old Alderweireld, thirty-two-year-old Tosoko, thirty-year-old Lamella, um, Danny Rose gone on a free transfer. Got rid of thirties whatever-year-old Joe Hart. So it's clear to see what their objective was and i commend them for the work that they've done but when i look at the the work that needed to be done on the starting 11 that's why my rating isn't isn't as high we went into the summer saying that we needed a right winger we needed two new center backs we needed a right back listen rome wasn't built in a day and i'm not expecting them to to get it all done but really and truly there were maybe three four starting positions that we needed to address and I would say that we've only addressed two, Romero and Emerson. Brian Hill could well develop into a, a, a starter. You never know because I don't think I don't think the, the players ahead of him are are kicking up any trees or pulling up any trees. Sorry, but the midfield is still bleeding. Um, we still I still feel like that our defense needs work. Even though we're playing well right now, you can never trust these guys. We're now back to entering the season with Harry Kane as our only senior striker, all of a sudden we're, we're resting on our laurels thinking, oh, because he played the whole season last year. Oh, it's fine now. Um, even though we're going to be in the Conference League, going to be in the FA Cup, going to be in the League Cup, going to be in the Premier League. Um, and we still don't have a right winger, a, a firm first choice right winger. So, yes, I can look at the good, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in this team. And for that reason, I can't give it anything more than a five. Touche. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think in the group I gave a four point five, but I'm I agree with Tobes on this one. Um I I don't I can't go past the five on exactly the points that he raised. But one of the main problems for me was maybe maybe the rest of the season will change this thought process, but we got we're in four competitions. Uh we faced Paco Roban in the first leg. And lost one nil with our young team, um, which means 
which means that when we go into this group stage, there's going to be a lot of fringe players and potential first-teamers um, that are probably going to be starting these Conference League games. Because, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, the youngsters are just not good enough um, to beat the, the lower league professionals uh, that we're going to be facing in this competition. Um, the FA Cup will be a mixture. That's fine. Early stages. Hopefully, you know, we get through that fine. And the same with um, the uh, League Cup. You know, again, it's going to be a mixture of first-teamers and fringe players. The one thing that has worked in our favour is the Euros ending so late, or should I say the Euros and the Olympics coming back-to-back, that a lot of players haven't had a preseason, And they've had longer holidays uh, to rest up. So essentially, October is where we're going to start seeing players really like hitting the ground running. That's my thought process. So I think I think September for the majority of players is going to be fitness, getting them back into um, up to speed. And that's when we'll see a lot of players hitting their, their form from like end of September moving on. In saying that, I cannot believe that for the sixth or seventh season, we're going into another season with Harry Kane as our main striker and pretty much only striker. I don't get it. Yeah. And it's, and I know people are like, ah, oh, yeah, I get it, the COVID market and all that kind of stuff. But, mate, like, we sounded up two strikers in the transfer window in uh, Latoro and Vlaovic. Granted, Inter didn't want to sell because they sold Lukaku, even though apparently they accepted our bid. Um, but then Chelsea came and done what Chelsea have done to us for many seasons, scrumped our deal. Um, and with Vlaovic, it was a case of, did we really want to go and spend <clears throat> 70 million euros? Fine. If you don't want to spend 70 million euros, all right, cool. I get it. He's a young talent and all that kind of stuff. But there's many other strikers out there that had even a good Euros or a good, like, summer. Like, Schick from the Czech Republic. I was thinking him as well. Like, I'm surprised we didn't we didn't take a look at him. If we did take a look at him, I don't know what the prices were, but it's, it's all these little stuff that make me... Like, I'm asking myself, clearly, a lot of people think that we're going to sell Kane next summer. I'm going to be one of the few to say, I doubt that. Yeah, I no actually doubt Yeah, I don't, I don't think we are. But if we're not selling him, for the love of God, get somebody to put pressure on this guy. You can't make him feel like, Rah, you know what? Yeah, I'm starting regardless. All right, fine. Grant, he didn't start the, what, the first two games or whatever. Uh, and we won them. And he started the, the last game and we won that. All right, cool. But that's not the point. As the season moves on, he's gonna start starting, and it's not good enough. So, I'm with I'm with um, Toby on this one. I'll say a five. The the incomings are good. Um, I want to see Hill um, take that right wing spot, um, but I know it would probably be a development over time. Um, I'm interested to see how Emerson Battle Royale does for mm. us because I've heard good things. Um, and I can't wait for Romero um, to take Dyer's spot because he doesn't deserve to be nominated for a player of the month. Um, 
because he's diabolical. And that's where I stand. Yeah. Eloquently put once again. Tops, how would you summarise? Um, I've said it in the group. I I initially gave it a, five, a 6 out of 10, but I am going to drop it to a 5.5. I just feel like the outgoings was great, but I always said, whilst the outgoings are important, we needed between two and four first-team improvements. And I feel like we are still missing first-team improvements. We're largely the same team. If you put in Romero and if you put in Romero and Royale, we're largely the same team as last season. And to be honest with you, with the outgoings, it's not it's not good enough. So I'm I'm going to go over 5.5, yeah. Um, that's the era. Uh, you had a def- you definitely had a good perspective on how to judge the window um, earlier on the TL. Yeah. How would you uh, summarise the, um, the incoming to, to the window? Just to give a, a bit more con- like context, though, I think um, see, like if I was judging the, the window like you guys, I think I'd agree with you. But I feel like from my perspective, you guys are more judging the squad. You're judging what the squad looks like at the end of the window. And it does look like a 5.5. Or six, I agree fully. Um, in terms of judging the window, like for what the window is, I don't think the goal of the window is to change the team into the team that we need it to be in one window. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's ever been the way how you judge a window. It's Paratici's first window, and I think that he has changed, in my opinion, the way that we look at transfers, specifically during the Mourinho era. The Mourinho era for transfers was trash. It was always, we want to fix this specific problems and we want to fix it right now and it doesn't matter what this player is going to look like in a couple of years we just we're just doing this now and then the other thing that we were doing the Mourinho era is like even with Ndombele bro Ndombele said from the start like he wasn't really Spurs wasn't his first choice you know what I mean like he kind of got his hand got forced and he came it's great for us but when it comes down to moments like this now when he's looking for a reason for why should he stay he's got nothing you know what I mean there's no reason for him to stay so I mean I think I would give this window roughly a seven, a seven. And I'll tell you why I'll give it a seven, yeah? Because I like the fact that we've started to change this team from this old people team where everybody feels comfy and everyone's got their starting lineup nailed on, yeah? And I think that the team's starting to change into a team. It's, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for, man? It's a team that's in um, transition. It's a team that's in transition. Sorry, say that one more time. I was just agreeing. It's essentially oh, yeah, a, project, yeah, yeah. a transition to into this new project. Yes. Um, and even things like, so like, there, there, people say things that I'm just reading the comments at the moment, like people are talking about Ings is a no-brainer. I fully agree with that. But I also think from Ings' perspective, it's a no-brainer to not go and play second um, fiddle with Harry Kane. It's just, you, you can't have it both ways. It's a no-brainer. Why would Ings want to come and sit on the bench under Harry Kane? It doesn't make sense. You've got Son, you've got Harry Kane, you've got Deli Ali. They're not my first choices for backup strikers. But let's face it, they're going to play there. We all know it. Like We all know what's going to happen already. Um, so I, I just think that, that issue, it's not really, it's not the top 10 issue. It's not the issue. It's not like going to be one of the burning issues on Spurs' radar. In terms of Kane, Kane's contract, like Son, signing Son's contract, getting Son to sign a new contract here, that shows massive intent. I reckon some of the players mm. that came in, they did look at that, I reckon. Yeah, the fact that we didn't get um, Kane to sign a contract yet, anyway, I think that's a minus. That's taken away from what the window um, looks like. 
Yeah, and boy, the fact that we didn't sell him, because you could have sold him, selling him might have been a positive, but keeping him and not making him sign a contract, like people said, that takes away from the window too. But um, overall, I'd give it a seven. I'd say I, I come out of this window feeling positive about what the next window could look like. Um, and um, I don't have many fears about the team set up. My biggest fear at the moment is just the whole skip issue, man. I, 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 don't, I don't think skip is a problem, but I just think that once, also, yeah, once Skip kind of um, cools down a bit or once Skip needs a bit of a rest, I really don't know what that midfield's going to look like unless Mbombele comes back. Damn. I have a slight theory to that, but yeah, I, I just want to summarize the win. I, I personally would give it a strong six. Mm. I appreciate the whole landscape of the squad now with it being younger, hungrier players. The whole forward line wasn't a massive concern to me. Um, Human Sun renewing was massive. Skip coming in from his loan again, massive. Um, my only thing for me was just not getting in that extra uh center back to come into that yeah, first yeah, 11. Yeah. Like, even for me, like uh, that uh, Hakim Anderson who went to Palace would have been an improvement. Whether we could have even done a deal for Zuma or not with Chelsea remains like we we don't know, but he would have been great for us. I think I would have even had Jerome Boateng. Uh, I would have even had Lewis Dunk. It would have been an improvement on what our first 11 <laughs> is, as poor as those options may sound. But yeah, uh, they were doable things. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a strong six for me. Uh, Emerson Royale, uh, kind of, his transfer kind of epitomizes the winner to me because we got essentially a quality, well, a same quality right back as Aurier. Like he's... Um, a good attacking fullback profile wise who apparently has his moments, but you know, he's young and he's hungry and wants to be here. Whereas Aurier's wanted to leave for two, three years. So for that, in that sense, it's positive for me. And um mm-hmm. yeah, with the skip thing, I think with the Emerson signing as well, him being an attacking fullback, we'll probably see Nuno start playing the three at the back more. That's, I guess, with uh, Romero kind of being that roaming centre-back that will probably come into midfield sometimes, um, kind of negates the uh, the need for a kind of skip-profile midfielder. And then we'd have perhaps Tongi and Hoybier in midfield together. And then the forward line will probably uh, make itself up. But yeah. Wait, wait, wait. One sec, though, Owen. Are you telling me that's going to be Romero, Dyer and Sanchez all at the same time? Yeah. What Ooh. a player of the month nominee. Yeah, and Sanchez, <laughs> yeah. Romero. You see that's me you see, you see the interesting thing about that is I'd have uh, Tanganga in that though, to be yeah, fair. The, the interesting thing about yeah. playing those three at the back is clearly Romero is the better of the three. Yeah. But and I know people are gonna be like, ah, oh, but it was against Paco and all that. I was like, bruv. Players' movements. Does it doesn't matter who what opponent they face? A player's movement is a player's movement. It like if if a player has good movement, it doesn't matter what team they face, you will see it. I watched Romero in that game and I was like, I did not know this guy could find himself in the final third and be comfortable. Mm. <laughs> like, so I listen to me. Yeah, this season I may be Romero's biggest fan. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't understand how much the last defender we bought that was comfortable in the final third, yeah, was Vertonghen. 
And mm. Vertonghen was my favourite Spurs defender in recent years. Like, favourite. Not, 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 I didn't want to hear anybody tell me about Toby. I didn't want to hear none of that. Yeah? When Jan was playing, I felt comfortable. Yeah? Because I knew he's good defensively. And if we get into that final third and he's there, he's techie. And that's what I'm seeing in Romero. Yeah? So I'm like, all right, cool. I've got stocks in him. The problem, and the problem is <laughs> that he's paired up beside Eric Dondatier Diabolical <laughs> Dyer, bro. Dondatier. <laughs> that guy is shocking. Yeah. And the problem with Sanchez, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice. Apparently Sanchez has returned back to this club, you know, with a you know newfound confidence and all of that kind of stuff and to be fair to him he's actually been you can only say this in silence of course uh, he's been good uh, um, <laughs> oh and feel free to retract that from the, the live feed <laughs> in the edit. Um, but you know he, he's he's done his thing over the first three games the problem with Sanchez is he's not comfortable yeah and that might be the, the, the name of the, the podcast. A man's not comfortable with his own heads. Yeah? <laughs> like, and, and that's the problem. Like, we, we've got probably one defender that off the back of what we've seen looks comfortable on and off the ball. Sanchez doesn't fill us with confidence like that. And Dyer has never filled anybody with confidence like that. So if we go to a three at the back, I think attacking-wise, we will look more potent. Um because Reguilon, he can, he's got an engine on him, so he's capable of getting back and recovering. Uh, this Emerson Royale seems to be like a, a right back that can get back into position, kind of similar to Carl Walker, but much slower because Carl Walker was rapid. Um, so yeah, we may look, you know, a bit more dangerous on the attack. I, I'm just intrigued to see what happens if we go one 0 down. That that for me will be to be the the, the telltale sign as to Facts. where we're going this season. If if we go one 0 down, we start peppering our opponents like attack, mm. attack, attack, attack. Yeah, <sighs> then that could be something. It, but if we go one 0 down and then we go two 0 down and then we go two one and then it's three one. Yeah, yeah, it's not good luck. It's not good luck. It's because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a slippery slope. One, one thing I'll say though, I like that we actually have something on the bench to affect games at the moment. Like usually, I feel like we load up kind of top heavy, man. Like we, we play our best team, which is cool. But when it comes to, when we go one nil down and it comes to trying to change something, we've got nothing. What are you saying? But, Big breast, iron board batty? Yeah, trust me, bro. Nothing at the back. You get me? Long, bro. Nothing at the back. Every the top heavy, bro. <laughs> like I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I've, I know it's early in the season. But we look like a mid-block, low XG team. We don't look like a team that's going to mm. be that's going to be creating a lot of chances. We don't look like a team. That's I agree. So the fact is, if the positive is going to be that we are going to be a, a team that has the better defensive structure and is very good on on the transition on counter, then I want us to be very very good at that. I don't want us to be mid at that. I want us to be very good at it because let's be honest, the game against Watford is a game that we're going to come up against a lot in this season. If we take out the game we played against Man City, that was an excellent game in the way that we set up and the personnel we used was excellent for the way we set up against them. And it worked. Mm. But we are going to, nine times out of ten in this season, are going to play teams 
who are going to come to Tottenham or we're going to go to them and they're going to be in the, they're going to be in a deep block. They're not going to want to let us play and they're going to want to try and stifle us as much as possible. I just haven't seen enough to make me feel like okay, if we go down from a from a set piece or if we go down from a counter attack or something, that I can be comfortable that we can suddenly create something out of nothing with, with the current players yeah. that we have. And that's what that's where my issue lies with this current team. So I don't want to be I don't want to be harsh on Nuno, and he has said he's not happy. So it means that I, you know exactly. that we, we mm. need work. We need work. I was going to bring yeah. that up because yeah. yeah. it's a perfect segue, top. So I was going to come back to you as well. It's perfect, Sebi, because I'd like to uh, it review Nudo so far. Um, he's obviously come out, uh, like you say, and said there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, that was pretty evident, especially against uh, Wolves and Watford. Um, how would you review Nuno so far? And Is there kind of any telling differences to how Mourinho was? The floor is yours. You're mute. Is that tops or? Yeah, tops. Uh, or whoever wants I... to take it, but sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, do I think? Do I think? I don't personally. I don't think were in terms of the style of play. I don't think it's that much different to Mourinho's. I do feel like, as I've said, defensively we're structured better. Like it looks like we have a plan when we are attacking. Um, I do feel like we are missing a little, a little bit of creativity. But again, the season's just started. A lot of players are getting back into the rhythm of everything. Um, I was a big advocate for the for saying that last season with, with Mourinho, I just didn't feel like he coached the players very well. I didn't feel like the players, a lot of the time, knew what they were doing. But, you know, games against Watford, games against Man City, I looked at them and thought, OK, we're 1-0. We look like we know what we're doing defensively. And we weren't sitting back. We were actually trying to actively continue playing and continue trying to get the ball up the field. I'll bet it was only 1-0 it was 1-0 results, but last season, how many games did we go into that we were 1-0 up and we were we were under the cosh and conceding late goals or giving up a lot, a lot of chances? Like, at this point, I'm going to say yes, very similar, kind of similar to Mourinho, but I think we're, we, we look a better version of it, a better version. I know people might say that's harsh, but for now, I feel like it will improve. But that's just what we have to accept. We we are we are kind of a low XG team. We with Mourinho and with Nuno, it looks like that's the kind of that's the kind of style we will adopt until people become more comfortable. If we have, like, I feel like Emerson is even a good he's a good sort of um, player to get because whilst he's very similar to um, Regulon, he is someone that is happy to engage, and as we see in the Premier League. The use of attacking fullbacks is becoming more and more prominent. So whilst you have someone like Regulon who gets up and down and is happy to cross from deep, we have a player like Royale who can now engage the defenders in the in the final third and create opportunities, shots, crosses, goals, like we would like, like some of the you know the more higher sort of level fullbacks in the league. And I think that's also important as well because that's just another outlet that we could use to create chances. I feel like Oria did that to an extent. But again, there was too many lapses in his concentration defensively, blah, 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 that kind of would put us, put us off from, from doing that. So I think, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the building blocks are there, but I still need to see more. I, I'm not going to be like, I'm happy because I'm not, I'm not. I hear that. I hear that. And Tobes, you were, you were echoing a lot of um, Tobes' thoughts when he was talking about us being kind of low block, low XG team. Definitely. 
How would you review Nuno and compare him to kind of Jose? I think he's done well so far. When you look at when you look at what he's had to deal with, I think that's the biggest thing that I can give him credit for. His ability to deal with the deal with the the cards that he's been or play with the cards that he's been dealt with has been superb. Um, and I know maybe superb is a strong word, but like Harry Kane basically throwing a strop and seemingly wanted to leave um, our best midfielder, also seemingly wanted to leave Romero, who we signed in the centre-back, not even fit to play against Man City. Um, I felt like he, he's had to deal with he's had to deal with a, a fair amount of stuff. Like, and he's only been in the job, like, what, maybe, what, two and a half months or something like that? Two and a half, three months? So, in that respect, I think he's done a su- superb job in terms of managing the the footballing matters that aren't to do with how we're playing on the pitch. Um, and, of course, he's won three games on a spin. Like, he's won three mm. games on the spin and we've kept three clean sheets. Um, like Top said, the organisation is there. Like, I feel like... Um, there is a bit more intention to to stuff that we're doing on the pitch now in terms of in terms of consistently attacking teams even after we've gone one nil up and um, the manner in which we press it's not as haphazard as as the as the other guy with the press 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 <laughs> and yeah so there are good things to to talk about but again like top said we look like a mid block low xg side and that was not my concern per se, because I didn't, I didn't want Nuno. Like, I don't think he's a bad manager. I actually think he's a good manager, but like, he's a specific type of manager based off what we've seen at Wolves. And it's like, I really wanted Spurs to move away from the from the mid block um, or low block counter attacking team to a team who are a bit more expansive and they play on the front foot. And my concern is that games like Watford, like Top said, are gonna are, are they're gonna be they're gonna be um, more of the norm. Like maybe around I'd say 60 percent of teams in the Premier League are gonna play like that against us home and away. And if we don't have a sun free kick that goes in, we may go we we, we may come on stock. And Nuno has even expressed, which is good, I like it. Nuno's expressed mm-hmm. that um, he's not happy with the way we're playing. Like he feels like it, it can improve because when you're watching it, it cl- it clearly ha- can and has to improve. Like three wins, we can't rest on our laurels. We're not actually playing with any sort of fluidity unless we're playing on the counter. And even then, when we play on the counter, there's still a bit of a quality issue in the final third. So overall, I think he's done a good job so far, but I think. He's going to need to make it work with the group of players that he has over the course of the season in terms of finding other ways for us to win because we won't be able to beat a lot of sides in the league um, with with the way we're playing now. Like We may come unstuck at any given point in time and we need to be able to react. Like Yao said, how is it going to look like when we go 1-0 down? What's the response going to be like? When you look at the performances against Wolves and Watford, that to me, yeah, I think Watford we had around fifteen attempts. Wolves not so many, but they're not looking to me like sides who who can um, face adversity 
well and and come out um, on top. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, mm. He's done a good job so far, though. So big up to him. And, I agree. Yeah. Agree. I think yeah, Tongi coming back is going to be massive. Um, I love how you touched upon that we actually do have pressing triggers and an organised press now. That's that's what I see. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the play style is a little bit questionable, but I like how he kind of facilitates the attackers because at times under Mourinho, we'd see our wingers playing in full-back positions, not even wing-back, full-back positions on top of our actual right and left-backs. Whereas what he seems to be asking from what I can see in the first three games anyway, is that the midfielders either side of Skip, which been Delhi Hoybier, they'll be kind of there'll be this there's this much more emphasis on covering KMs getting across the ground and they they essentially cover the the opposition attacking fullbacks now and send the midfield at the same time just purely through being able to cover as much ground and placing themselves in the right places to block, uh, block certain passing lanes. So yeah, like that that setup facilitating the attackers and that emphasis on actually having some runners in the team. Again, like his um mad man management reminds me of early Pochettino. So I think that's positive yeah. uh, foundations yeah. for for Undombele to to come in and kind of be that um that indirect Ericsson replacement because we need creativity so bad and He's he's now got that creative burden on his shoulders as long as he he actually wants it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see for me. Like, is there anyone? Um... Sorry, Ira. No, no, I've got to say up all you. I was essentially going to say, is there anyone that kind of is that that kind of more areas that he should be doing better in, or necessarily? You know, or one of you aren't happy with currently? Or yeah, what are you talking I about, Nuno? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for, for me, it's still early days. Like, I think um, he's he's shown a, a willingness to work on in on the right things. If you get what I mean. But what I was gonna say is it's, it's interesting. Like soft, bring it up there. He, it this does remind me of early Poch teams. It reminds me of early Poch teams not only in the man management, but in the way that on the pitch it seems to be like I get I get why you'd see it as like a mid block team. But for me, I see it as like a physicality team, physicality and um, running especially off the ball, seems to be like the name of the game at the moment. And um, I don't know if it's just a thing that he's inherited this mid-block team and he's trying to make the best of a situation at the moment. Because like you said, he's had his two best players throw a strop. There's not really much you can do about that. And I think he's handled it well. And somehow he's managed mm. to, to get me get some results out of this. And also, he's not deluded. He's not come to us like a, a Mourinho <clears throat> and acted like he's, he's earned these three wins out of some tactical amazing knowledge or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And I get why Mourinho probably tried to do that, but he hasn't tried to do that. That's another positive. Um, so I think there are some positives to look for with this guy. Um, in terms of negative, I think my main negative would be that um, if we were looking for a manager who prioritised creativity, I think that we would have went with some of the other options we were aligned with. Um, and I'm not too sure if that's going to be the role that, he, I mean, the way that he goes in the future, 
Um, but again, that leads me to my, my my interpretation of like Ericsson is a lot more similar to what Soft says. I recall Ericsson scoring lots of long range efforts. I recall lots of games where we used to scream for creativity. I recall all of these moments. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying Ericsson didn't give us a fist. I'm not saying he wasn't a creative player. I'm saying that for large periods of matches, the team that we look like is not the team that we remember. If you get what I mean. So when Ndombele comes back, when things start happening, I think we can look like that team. I think things can start to happen. But I mean, yeah, in terms I of guys like Delhi playing that role, yeah, they got to go, man. So I think I think one of the things that people, so players like Ericsson, and I, I said it in the group that I I think a lot of Spurs fans, and maybe because of his last eighteen months, if you want to look at it like that, a lot of Spurs fans don't give Ericsson the the praise he should get. Because I'm talking about early Ericsson, yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm saying in general, even for his tenure, mm. yeah, they don't give him the praise he deserves. Ericsson was the kind of player that, and Endombele is the exact same, where they will break the lines with a pass. They had no problems with him. Ninety minutes yeah. will go, no, no second thoughts. They wouldn't even bat an eyelid. That little slotted pass into the winger or into the striker's feet, they will do that on the turn without even looking. Yep, bam, take that, pop it back to me, give it back, or. And the difference between Ndombele and Ericsson, and a lot of people have said that they've noticed this, Ericsson would pop off shots from a distance. You can't name another midfielder in our squad that does that. Since he's left or while he was there, you can't. Like, if, and I, I made this point a couple um, pods back here. Sometimes when you're unable to lock, unlock a team, yeah, you have to give them a different option, a different a different factor to fill. <clears throat> I don't rate Bruno like how some people will rate Bruno Fernandes. I don't rate him like that. I, and I have no problems in telling people I don't rate Bruno like that. But one thing Bruno will do is he will never allow you to figure out what he's going to do next. He could be 40 yards out, he'll take a shot. He could be 20 yards out, he'll pass it. He could be 10 yards out, he'll take a shot. Like, he could do many different things. And that's what Ericsson would do. Ericsson, I remember a goal he scored against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace sat the whole game. Yep, I remember that. I was there. They were I was there. Well, yeah. They sat the whole game. Ericsson said, no, bun this. Have that. And he ended up being the winner. We don't have mm. another midfielder. Name another midfielder in the team right now. No, we don't That's, have that. We don't have that. We don't have that. The thing is, Ndombele so does take shots, though. And he has no, scored he like that in the past. Hey, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm saying he's scored. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He scored shots like that, but he's not a natural. It's not natural in his game, though. You're not getting what I mean by that, yeah? What I mean by, like, the difference between Ndombele and Ericsson, yeah? Ndombele is a and I will say this with chest, yeah, he is a more potent passer of breaking the lines than Ericsson was. Ericsson was more of a finesse, you know, yeah, I see you, boom, I'm gonna, yeah. Not close, and on Bele, he's like, yeah, I see you, bow, into you, give it right yeah. back, we go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's quick, fast, potent with it. He's His actual footballing brain is sick, yeah? Mad. The, different, the difference between Ericsson and Endombele is, and you're saying, yeah, Endombele has hit shots, but there's a big difference between when Ericsson's taking shots and when Ndombele is taking shots. Ndombele is like, yeah, you know what, boom, there might be a chance I'm going to take a shot. Bow. Yeah? Ericsson's like, chance or not, I'm going to make you have to try and save this. Yeah? And that is that different kind of like, th- there's a difference in the way you kind of like approach and attack. Like, Ericsson could be, he could have his body shaped like this. Yeah? To, to give an example, he could have his body shaped like this, tap the ball out, everyone's thinking, right, he's going to spray it. 
across to the right right back. Nah, he cuts across that and it's, it's now direct at the keeper. The keeper's like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for that. And the belly, when he shapes up, you can kind of be like, all right, yeah, no, he's shaping up to kind of shoot. The only time you will know when he's going to think the shot and go for the slide, he drops his body. He drops his body little and then he, he kicks it in. you got to watch these little nuances in these like midfielders to know the difference. And that's why I'm like, if Endovelli is coming back into the team, somebody like Ali has to go out wide. Now, I know people are not going to like that. They're not going to like what I'm saying. And trust me, I don't want Ali out wide, yeah? But you can't have Endobelli, Ali, Hoiberg in that midfield. It's not going to work, yeah? It's going to be an absolute mess. Although people are saying Ali's, you know, coming around, doing all these little bits and all that kind of stuff. All right, yeah, cool, whatever. I don't want to hear it because I don't like the kid, yeah? <clears throat> Endobelli goes in, in the Ali position. You know that you're getting those fiery balls into Son, into Kane, into whoever the right winger may be, yeah. And somebody just said it in the in the comments. When I watched the Paco game or Pesos game or whatever they call it, that team, yeah, Paco Raban, one million, whatever. When I watched that game, yeah, I saw a particular player run into particular positions that I was like, yo, this kid, yeah, he has something about him. And I, I'm happy to let the season develop. And I'll see it. And that was Brian Hill. I was like, look, the positions he was getting into, those are the the way football works. The move, the movement of the player determines the pass. It's not the pass yeah. that determines yeah, yeah. The, 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 the play. So if nobody mm -hmm. moves, there's no pass. There's no there's pass. No options, yeah. yeah. So and that's the that's the thing I like about Ndombele as opposed to previous other um yeah. midfielders. He'd be like, fine, there's no options. I'm gonna fizz it into you. Make it. I'm, I'm oh. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna get it back. And when Your I feet. give it back, yeah, somebody's gonna move because they're gonna think, right, we're, we're doing something. And when they move, that's when I'm gonna find you, yeah. And that's why you, you can't, you can't hold Ali. When people are like oh, Ali's doing, Ali doesn't see that. Ali doesn't do that. Ali doesn't. Yeah, boom. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna wing it into you. You're gonna wing it back. I'm gonna find somebody else with the third man pass. He doesn't. Well, see he ain't that. got that. He ain't got that. He ain't got that. But I think, yeah, don't you think Ericsson benefited from playing with Ali in terms that Ali, back then anyway, Ali, he, was, he wasn't even good on, like, great on the ball back then. But what he did provide that back then was a willing runner. Ericsson yeah, needed yeah, yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, way exactly. we, we, we forget about it, we romanticise it, bro. Ericsson couldn't play in midfield. He needed space. We pushed him out to the wing. We had no, to, we had to that, get... But that's the thing. It's, it's, it's all about the it again. You made, you it was made, a, made a key point. But hear me out, hear me out. Let me, let me finish the point, yeah? What we do is we, we isolate Ericsson. When we when we have this conversation, we isolate Ericsson. We talk about Ericsson's effects on the game, but we forget who really affected the game. Like Ericsson was not really playing line breaking passes, bro. That didn't really happen as often as we're going on. What used to happen a lot is Musa Dembele used to beat three or four men and release it to Ericsson. Then Ericsson would be able to make a pass. But he wasn't really breaking lines. It would be eighty tenth. minutes. It would be eighty minutes of a low block and we'd be struggling, bro. Until um, someone's doing some death and mad effort. I, think, I think that's more the eighteen, the last eighteen months you're looking yeah, at. And they, not, not, you not are right. Man. Last eighteen months. No, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's the last eighteen months. There, there were some games. I'm not even gonna lie. There were some games where even when we had Dembele, Wanyama, Eriksson, Ali, Kane in the team, there were some games where we watched that at White Hart Lane and we struggled yeah, because yeah, we no needed we needed a little bit we needed a little bit more in there, but. I still think Ericsson played like like line breaking passes. I don't think he played it to the regularity because he's not saying I don't think he played it to the regularity of like a I don't know, like a 
Iniesta or whatever. But no, that's not his game. But but this this what I'm saying. He, he, Ericsson Ericsson's a number ten. Like he his job was to get the ball from the midfield and find the attackers in the final third, and he did that. For me, he did that excellently well at Spurs. That's yeah. what he was. Though. He was a whole player. More, more often than not, he would find he would find the attackers in the final third. And if he ain't finding the attackers and he's in a position to shoot, he will let off shots at goal. And his not and the thing is, we can talk, we can say stats don't mean anything and stuff like that. But his numbers literally prove that that statistic. Yeah. Even when bro, Spurs look at were, numbers, bro. Let me start you. Yeah, but Dele, Dele yeah, was... Dele, but Dele, 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 Dele was... Numbers, you can do like, numbers, bro. Numbers, yeah, but, yeah, numbers it's don't, true, but your, if, numbers don't if, see what your performance is. I know you said it as a preface, but you were going to use it anyway, but numbers No, don't, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Because Ericsson's, Ericsson's issue at Spurs, Ericsson's issue at Spurs, even when he was one of our best players, etc., etc., his problem with Ericsson, his problem is he would coast in, in, get, yeah. in some games. Yeah. He would coast. Yeah. Everyone knew that. He would coast yeah. in some games, and sometimes when the shot, when the assist or shot didn't come off, you would see his game for what it really was—a poor performance. And mm. especially in his last 10, 12 to eighteen months, we saw a lot more of those performances, uh, even more so than, than than what he used to give us before. Like, like the guy was legit playing terribly bad, but he would score like a screw, literally playing like Bruno, scoring like a screamer, and and. and, mm-hmm. and but what mm. I'm saying is, when he was at his best for Spurs, I don't think those games were as as frequent. And I think we saw a more, we saw a way more consistent Ericsson and a way more impactful Ericsson. He was actually playing well. In addition to 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 getting the final ball or getting the final shot, that's my opinion anyway. But yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. Ericsson at his best year is, is was definitely way more consistent than what we were seeing at the last eighteen months. Um, but one thing I would say is I think it's more the team, like the team setup that Ericsson had at that time. When um like people used to even cut him out of the front three. People would be talking about it as if it was Delhi, Sun and Kane. Do you know what I mean? Like but it's it's weird. Basically, the point I was trying to make is I think Ndombele, in a lot of ways, he is more effective in this team than Ericsson has been a lot of the time. Like let's say Sixty percent of the time, I think Ndombele is more effective. I just don't think he has the whole team set up in a way that's as effective for his style of play. And I think that's where we're going to struggle. That's where we struggle with, with players like, as much as I like how Lucas Moura has performed this season, I think those are the places where we're going to struggle, man. With, with, with players like that, like players with no end product, because he's not even we're not, we're not even getting it back to these players. Like Ndombele might find a man like Yalta visit into his feet and be running in expecting to get it back. He's not even getting it back to be able to like lick a shot from mm. the edge of the box and things like that. So I don't know, man. I think it's, yeah. it's a weird one, but... You know what? Take that point on Ndombele, yeah? I think that's been the case of the team not being set up perfectly for him in the past, but do we not think mm. it's set up perfectly for him now? Not just for the two people sitting behind him, but it looked like we trained a lot in um, final no, third movement for the, for the front think- three. We, I think it is. I, I think it is. When we're in position, I think it's set up for him. The problem is when we're when we're out of position, and you got to put in the hard the hard yards, and we're playing the better sides. That's when it's not set up for him. This is why we got the two shuttlers behind him, though, bro. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but this is what I'm saying. It, like what what Toby's saying, and, and the thing is that the reason why I say we have to wait and see on that is because Toby made a, like a very valid point. That, like. Is it really set up for him? Maybe in the like attacking sense when we're actually attacking, but in the defensive sense, it's definitely not. However, 
and I don't I don't see this tactic often used um, in football nowadays. I don't know why, but a player like Endombele has to be given free roll. He, he just has to be given free like, free roll, free reign. Like, free, I'm, yes. Like, free the rules. That's what I'm otherwise, saying. Otherwise, well, you're not going to get the best out of him. Let, tell the guy, look, I want you to work hard. Fine, that's fine. Yeah, but I don't want you to do doggies. Yeah, I want you mm. to find the space everywhere. I don't care mm. where the space is. You find it and Thank make you. it happen. And Thank the you. one club that actually oh, yeah. does that with one of their midfielders is City with Kevin De Bruyne. You will find Kevin De Bruyne everywhere and anywhere on the pitch, yeah? I know people like to make this joke of, oh, he always shifts to the right and whips and crosses. Well, that's where the space is. So, so that's where he gets the majority of his assists from. So all, all, the, all the banner, all the banner that people are saying towards him, yeah, you're, you're laughing at yourself because the guy's been given a free roll. Yeah, when when you you watch him pop up on the left, when CR behind you, you see him pop up on the left, switch to the middle, go to the right, come to the left. Like he doesn't stay still, but he's always a threat because he's the best passer in that team. We know that Ndombele is the best passer in our team. It's unequivocal. I know people are gonna be like, hey, Harry Kane's got a pass on him. Burn that more. Yeah, <laughs> Ndombele is the best passer at Spurs, and I'll argue with anyone. He yeah. is, he is, yeah. There's no, there's no debate. There's no debate. That Spurs team, un, like most versatile of everyone. So you mean to tell me the best passer of the ball? We've got him doing doggies. Nah, man. Bro, he's, if, 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 if Dembele, if Dembele and Ericsson done a fusion dance here, what we would end up with would be very close to Ndombele if we didn't only get their best qualities. Yeah, I don't mm. know if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. we've got no, a, we've does. got a mixture of them, but we haven't only got their best qualities. Um. But a question I was going to ask you, like, it's when I see the, Ndombele play... That's the thing, yeah, That's the so thing. That I said that, I think the, the thing that I feel like I wish he had that Ericsson and Dembele had, well, Dembele, when he wasn't injured, is that mm. these guys could, well, these guys could last, like, they were durable in the game. Do you get what I'm saying? And Dom, he's got the quality, and I'm just, like, you have the quality to, to just... Dick on teams, man. Please. Just dick on teams. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, like, please, yeah, just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and see, I was just going to ask this as well, yeah, because other than Dembele and Ndombele, I can't think of very many players, and this is going to sound stupid, but, like, messy. But I can't think of very, very many players, yeah, who aim to pick up the ball and beat two or three men. Yeah? And consistently then, do it as well. Consistently. Every game, everyone expects it. And, and like that is literally your role in the team. And then what I was going to say is, you've got Messi now. Messi doesn't have no defensive sort of like expectations. Whereas we expect these players to do everything. And I think, yeah, that's where we feel like we run these guys into the ground. Imagine, when the, before Dembele came to us, the original Dembele, he wasn't really doing no defensive work like that. And and this, like I don't know what Ndombele was like before he came to us, but in the Champions play, League, I think he played on the wings. Hard. Yeah, I know, I know. So um, when when we bought him, he wasn't actually so a lot exactly of people. Like can yeah. I can I ask a question as well? Yeah, and and this is where this is where like some Spurs fans, it really winds me up. And I think I think of course I, sometimes I get that. In fact, more more often than not, I get the logic because I think for the most part, Ndom needs to meet us halfway. Like it's not just all down to the team. I agree that. The, the structure, the team structure in the past, I don't think we've been able to get a structure that fits him like so naturally, but he needs to meet us halfway and actually want to do, want to be the best he can be at Spurs. But why, why in football now, 
um, have we just got rid of like luxury players? Like, don't get it twisted. Of course, a player like Yao said, a player obviously needs to do needs to offer the bare minimum in and out of possession. But there are clearly some players in the team who are not suited to put in the the what's the word I'm looking for the bleak test type yeah, marathons yeah, yeah, yeah. in a game. You get them the ball in areas where they can hurt teams and they can hurt teams. Like Yao said, I've been screaming this Ndombele free rolling for years now, bro. Let him do what he can do best. He is clearly at his best in possession. Get the so, midfielders behind him to to, to, to do the dog, so do the, the hard the work, reason, and get the, ball. the reason for um. Did we try that though? Luxury players. Yeah, is, we're, we're in that. We did that under Mourinho. Say that again. We did, we did the under Mourinho. We, we no, played no, him no, like no. further forward as a 10. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't a free roll. It, it, it wasn't a free roll. It was, it was just pushed further up. It wasn't a free right. roll. And like the free the free roll, like a lot of people, a, a lot of people get the free roll wrong with, um, I hear what you're saying, but the thing with the free roll is the free roll literally is down to the player. You That player can pop, is allowed to pop up anywhere mm. on the pitch. Yeah, so if they want to pick up the ball from the, the left back, they can. They want to pick up the ball from the right back. They can like that. That's the whole point of the free roll. The free roll is basically wherever there's space, that's where you operate. Yeah, a lot of people get that mistaken with um, many other things, and that's that's factors for another day. But with like players like Endombele, you need to take into consideration that we have to take the reins of him. Like in the in the European game, you'll find that. A lot of people. I was only going to say as well. I know y'all's just been um, been sidetracked there, but I was going to say on the, the point of luxury players. I think. Do you not think our problem, I suppose, especially last season, is that we had too many luxury players and we just couldn't facilitate them all? Like I feel like Kane, he's a luxury player. I felt like Son kind of showed more that he's probably a luxury player. Tried to track back here and there. And Andombele as well. So I think maybe I mean I don't know what you think, guys, but do you not think our problem was more just trying to facilitate too many luxury players? I have a theory on it, but my my theory is that um I think other teams are a bit wiser and what I think is that the um the floor has risen. So whereas before teams that didn't have luxury players, like their their teams weren't as technically gifted, I feel like teams that have they have teams, they have players that run and they're technically gifted enough. Yeah, that's what I feel like teams below are looking like at the moment. Like, they, they're not really trying to get luxury players. Like, um, they're, they're having... The, the lowest common denominator is there. That's, the, that's what I'm trying to say. They're, they're fitting their ranks or they're fitting their teams with players that are willing to do the running, till it players that are willing to do the effort. They may not be able to give you the um, free roll or the, the technical ability that we'd want from an Ericsson or an Ndombele, but they can do all of the basics. And I think when you're facing a team that can do all of the basics, like Owen said, you can't really carry three or four luxury players because then you're asking six men to do all of the basics against 11 men that do all of the basics, bro. It's this not is what I mean. This is why I wasn't a huge fan of Bale last year either. So, yeah. so it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, and sorry, I got interrupted at HQ, but I'm back in it. Like, <laughs> obviously, we're, we're <laughs> obviously we're in the athletic generation. Yeah, so because it's athletic, everyone's fit. Like even even the unfit players are fitter than mm. the average. Mm. So they just fit. Yeah, so you're right. A lot of teams are going to have players that do all the basics, but 
I said this on another podcast, yeah. A lot of people need to take into consideration that the way of football in this part of the world, as opposed to the way of football in the rest of Europe, are completely different. Yeah. So you might get a Leicester, I think a Leicester City is a good example, unless everyone objects. A Leicester City will probably be a good example of a team that have um, a very good basics, but um, every, everyone in their team's very fit, very athletic, and like they do all the basics very well. Yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Leicester City will go into, say, the Champions League. Uh, I expect them to possibly get out of, like, say, a group stage if they had a good group draw. But they will get unstuck in the in the knockout mm. stages. They, they will get touched up by, say, I, I don't want to say, like, a Barcelona. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, a team that we all consider to be good enough but ain't as fantastic as they used to be. Let's say Atletico. Yeah, for yeah. argument's sake, because I was I'm trying to think of like a team. Atletico will touch up Leicester City. Like that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, and Atletico, as hardworking as Atletico look, yeah, you you can look in their team and you'd be like, you know what, Jean Felix, that's a luxury player. Mm. Sao Luguez, he he looks like he does a lot of doggies, but he really isn't. He's a luxury player. Well, he does bit, boom, boom, boom. And like so, the the European game is always about space and technical ability. It's always what it's been about. It's never been about the whole crazy athletic side of it. And hence why a lot of um, English teams, like the top tier English teams, when they have that mixture of the the luxury, or if we want to call it luxury, luxury and the hard workers in their team, they bang over teams. Yeah, because they've, yeah. got, they've got the best of both worlds. But, yeah? like, but when they have just one side, like just the basics, they look good. They give you a good game. But essentially, it's not enough. And that's, I, that's I can hear problem. that. I can hear that. I can hear that. Because we're this in this athletic generation, yeah. You've got you've got players like oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. you've got players like Winks, yeah, that believe they should be knocking on first team football. No, they shouldn't. Like they really shouldn't. Like they, there's not much great about Winks's game apart from he's got a bit of an engine on. All right, cool. Yeah, it's not a great pass over the ball. He's not. A, he doesn't really break lines. He's not exactly physical in in the tackle, and he, he's not got really a great shot on him. So he's basic across the board. But mm-hmm. because he's extremely athletic, he can play in this generation. If we had gone back fifteen years ago, he'd be our lower league team. <laughs> I'll, I'll defend Wings to the hill, but to be fair, I don't think he's that athletic. <laughs> I can't no, lie. When, I don't think he's athletic, athletic. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the flexibility of things. I'm talking about the the capability of of being ninety minutes. Of, keep of being clean. able to do ninety yeah, minutes yeah. at a high yeah. rate. Like that's mm. that's when when we're talking athletics, we have to talk about the stamp, the stamina, the the ability to still be running. When the passion, the desire, the, the endurance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Ozil at Madrid under under Mourinho was an absolute monster. But Mourinho didn't play in past 70 minutes because he knew this guy's engine was mm. going to die. And they got packed in by Klopp Stortman team because of the running generation. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bad team. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a good point. It's a good point. But yeah, as we've been going on for an hour and a half now, we've got 15 viewers still in. It's been lovely. I just want to wrap up on one more final question quickly around... Uh, Around the cast as the transfer windows finally shut. I don't really like to do table predictions before the windows shut. Now we've got it shut. Hmm. Where are we finishing in the Premier League? I'll start. I'm just going to say fifth. 
Types? What is that? Um, sixth. I don't know. Fifth, fifth or sixth. Fifth or sixth. I don't know. I'd say. I'd say. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go for fifth. Let me be optimistic. Let's go for fifth. Hey, yo. Yeah, I think top six is where I, I said in uh, in a previous post uh, that I think we'd be looking at top six. I think fifth place is definitely not out of the cards, especially points wise. I think we've had a good start, so I'd, I'd say I'd say fifth challenging for top four, judging on what I've seen. Nah, I agree with that as well. To be fair, <laughs> purely because we're not really in the European competition, I don't, I don't so think, I feel I, like I don't think anyone in this season. Like, and I, I know it's the early part of the season, but I don't think anyone has hit or is going to hit the ground and take off. Like, looking at how the points ended um, towards the end of last season, I think it will be relatively the same this season. So I don't think the points difference between whoever's sixth and whoever's fourth or even third is going to be massive. I don't even think it will be more than five points, which I think it was even last season. So, mm. so challenging for top four is not out of the cards. It's how it looks. That's, that's yeah. the question. It might it's fair to say as well because we were within touching distance of fourth how many times last season and we bottled it. Yeah, so yeah, who knows? Yeah. Tops, oh, what you say? Um, oh, I, I expect a lot of teams to finish above Arsenal. Just a lot. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Not, not of course. <laughs> just, just a lot. Paul Bearer, Kerry, yeah. Edu, and Arteta simultaneously. <laughs> oh. Um. I think we've in, in Dombele reintegrated. And regularly playing fifth. I don't see us any higher than fifth. Without Ndombele reintegrated, the lack of a positive creator um, and a proper balance in that midfield, I think sixth or seventh. I just just look at this style for the start of it and I just feel like until I see something different, it's not sustainable. So sixth or seventh, if we don't include Ndombele. But if we do and he's regularly playing, we're definitely going to be fifth or higher than that. I hear that. I hear that. An error. Uh, so for me, like I, I typically think I'm, <laughs> I'm usually more positive on these things, man. But I would say that I think um, this year, because we don't have very many expectations, that's usually when we do well, man. It's usually when we're when we have the expectations, that's when we start crumbling. Um, and yeah, I think we we would be looking at around fifth. Um, Challenging for four. That's what I think. Um, but once the challenge starts, I mean, that's when it's due to start crumbling. That's not left. Yeah. Typical. Typical <laughs> nonsense attitude. <laughs> and the typical Spursy one, you could say. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that'll be it. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping just to sign out. We'll obviously be um, previewing the, our next fixture against Crystal Palace on next week's pod. We'll be around on the Discord for that. I'm looking to be on the Discord more myself as I'm not working as many Sundays now. So, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, be joined by myself and um, various members of the other other cast throughout the season. And uh, be sure to listen to the other club pods and Tobes' uh, streams as well. Like, they're on the regular. There's almost daily content coming from Touchline Fracker, coming from Tobes. So, yeah, feel free to lock in. And that was another pod from the new Spurs order. Peace, Peace out, guys. Thank you for <laughs> soft man of the match in the comments as well. Cheers. We got soft. Peace no out, damn soft. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Let's take the out of the way.
Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.